friends and neighbors, our Patreon is finally live. Come join us for exclusive episodes and early access and ad-free episodes and who knows what else we will add in the future if we can get some patrons. <laughs> it's patreon.com slash MMFTG. One, two, three, four. Monster Movie. Fun time, go! 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 With Precious D and Honey Bee. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, friends and neighbors. Welcome once again to Monster Movie Fun Time Go. I am one of your hosts, Precious D. And I am one of your hosts, Honey Bee. Honey Bee and I are a couple of good friends who are making our way through the history of kaiju movies. And now, today, we are at... 1974, with Godzilla versus Mecha Godzilla. I feel like this movie was one of the highly anticipated uh, movies for me when we started this because it was one of the only things I had ever seen. Not seen the movie, but just seen about Godzilla. Like I had seen like toys, like Mecha Godzilla toys. And maybe I'm not sure. I wish it was just one of the only things that I was familiar with. Like there was a Godzilla and there was a Mecha Godzilla. I'm not sure why I knew that or who I knew around me that liked it. But so when we started this, I was like, oh, hell yeah, I'm finally going to watch that. And we're fucking here. We made it. I can't believe it. Uh, yeah. Well, and there's a, you know, right before we started this whole project, we went to see Kong versus Godzilla or Godzilla versus Kong. And there's a Mecha Godzilla in that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yes. Yeah. It's been what? Seven years since Mecha Kong appeared. Mechanicong. Mechanicong. And now we finally get the mechan- mechanical version of Godzilla, Mecha Godzilla. Oh, once again, is directed by Jun Fukuda, yeah! produced by Tomoyuki Tanaka, story by Shinichi Sekazawa and Masami Fukushima. So a bunch of names we've seen before. It's a Toho production. 84 minutes, budget of 1.2 million, box office of 20 million. Damn. Do you know what the last one had? Yep. Uh, it stars <laughs> flap, flap, Masaki <laughs> flap. Diamond. <laughs> Masaki Diamond as Kazuki Shimizu. Kazuya Oyama as Masahiko Shizumu. Akihiko Harata, yay! Hey! As Professor Hideto Miyajima. We haven't seen 
Harata-san in quite a while. Hiroshi Koizumi as Professor Wagura. Reiko Tajimi as Seiko Kanagutsuku. Hiromi Matsushita as Ikuko Miyajima. Goro Mutsumi as Kuronuma, the black hole alien leader. Shin Kishida as Nanbara, the Interpol agent. Taka Yasu Tori as Tamura, another Interpol agent. Beru Bara Lin as Princess Nami Azumi. Masao Imafuku as High Priest Azumi. Those are the people on the little island there. Maso Imafuku as High Priest Azumi. No, I just said that. <laughs> Daigo Kasano as Yanagawa, Alien Agent Number One. Kenji Sahara as Ship Captain. Hey! Isao Zushi as Godzilla, Kazunari Mori as Mecha Godzilla, and Kenichi Kusumi as Angiris and King Caesar. This Kenji Sahara appears to just be a cameo. I mean, it's definitely yeah. just a cameo, but it seems like it's on purpose. Just like a He's little got, like, hey, one hey. line. Yeah, but they make they make sure to show us his face clearly, and I think they're totally, to say, ladies and gentlemen, Kenji Sahara. And we're all like clap, 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 clap. I checked, and he was in several other films or TV shows this year, that year. So uh, it's not like he wasn't doing anything. Yeah, but it does kind of seem like it was just a bit part. It just had one or two lines, and it did seem like they said, "Hey, let's get Kenji in here to do this." The fans will uh, like that. Uh huh. Of course. So. Here we go into the uh, summary from Wikipedia. Thank you, Wikipedia. Because oh, I wanted before we begin though, I wanted to ask you, hmm. Honeybee, uh-huh. how is Mecha? How is Mecha Godzilla like Christmas? I don't know, Precious. How is Mecha Godzilla like Christmas? He has mistletoes. Uh, <laughs> that's funny. He has mistletoes. I was, you know, I really wanted him to shoot missiles out of his nose holes. <laughs> well, he shot him out of his, his nose- fingers and he shot him out of his toes. Yeah, but his nose holes really look like little guns. I was like, oh, come on. Do it. Uh-huh. Do it. <laughs> <sighs> Folks, I'm still sick. We're recording a bunch of these all at once. Uh-huh. And um, I'm going to try and soldier through and make it through this, but I'm a little fuzzy headed. Yeah. You no it. notes. No notes. I have some notes. My notes are Okinawa, lady <laughs> scientist, double exclamation point, <laughs> King Caesar, guardian deity of the Azumi monarch, love song to a kaiju, and mistletoes. Those are the only notes I took. <laughs> oh my gosh, that is hysterical. <laughs> Okinawa, mistletoes. Yes. In Okinawa, an Azumi priestess has a vision of a city being destroyed by a giant monster which it's king Ghidorah, right no uh oh it it looks like it i think no no you're right you're right i think in her vision she sees king Ghidorah, but yeah but we never see him again he does not appear in the movie they just grab some random it's not a flash forward to this film 
it's just a random piece of footage from a previous film. Yeah, I thought that was so weird that then he just never showed up. I kept like waiting for him. Like, but the vision, but the yeah. prophecy. <laughs> yes. This movie's just got everything going on. I mean, I think we discussed this before that in these special effects movies, they don't make necessarily the same kind of distinction that we do between a science fiction film and a fantasy film because mm, mm-hmm. this has got sci-fi elements but it also has you know these gods and magic and prophecies and just all kinds of shit all mixed in together and mm. you know they don't they don't care and that's fine it just it seems a little odd from a american perspective in Okinawa, uh, uh, she has a vision of city being destroyed. Meanwhile, Masahiku Shimizu discovers a type of metal not found on Earth while spelunking and takes it to Professor Miyajima for examination. An excavation led by Mashiko's brother, Kazuki, uncovers a chamber filled with ancient artifacts and a mural bearing an ominous prophecy. When a black mountain appears above the clouds, a huge monster will arise and try to destroy the world. But when the red moon sets and the sun rises in the west, two monsters shall appear to save the people. Kazuki is joined by archaeologist Seiko Kaneshiro, who translates the prophecy and takes a statue bearing the likeness of Okinawa's guardian monster, King Caesar, to study. Two men stalk them, with one claiming to be a reporter, while the other attempts to steal a statue, but fails and flees. <laughs> I thought this this shady reporter guy... Mm-hmm. Aviators. I was very surprised he wasn't being played by Kenji Sahara. I know! I thought the same thing. It's a very Kenji Sahara character. Especially the, like, whole aviator sunglasses peek behind the yeah. corner shit. But, but then when we saw Kenji, I was like, oh, he's got a little bit of gray in his hair. He's getting a little older. Maybe doesn't want to be running around doing this nonsense. <laughs> yeah, maybe. But I felt like the gray kind of looked fake. Fake? I, yeah, I kind of felt like the gray was like a makeup part like thing for him. Like it looked fake to me. It just made me aware that maybe he was getting a little too old for these running around shooting people parts. And maybe would prefer to just be the ship captain. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe that's why they're bringing in these younger guys. And uh, with Akahiko Harata, too, he's playing the older scientist mm-hmm. who has been researching shit, but he's not the one running around having fights and punching people and stuff. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think that's what's what's happening here. That makes sense. Uh, I also thought the name King Caesar was weird. I did, too, because I guess because I had the dubbed version, um, I didn't have, like, subtitles. So And they, they didn't call him King Caesar. They called him King Seesaw. Okay. And so I didn't know his name was King Caesar <laughs> until you said it. And I was like, oh, oh, my gosh. I was like, shit, because they, they say King C- Seesaw. Seesaw? Like, they're... Seesaw, yeah. Weird? No, it's spelled, it's spelled Caesar, like Julius Caesar. In the HBO dub version, they say Seesaw. Seesaw. Cesar. I just found it odd because Caesar, in a way, kind of means king already. Uh-huh. Caesar was a was a name that then kind of became a title over time. In fact, the Russian word Kaiser comes from Caesar. Uh-huh. So it was almost like saying king, 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 <laughs> king, emperor. It just was a weird, a weird name. But, you know, I think it's just some 
Japanese guy thought it sounded cool and didn't really uh. think about what it would mean in English. Well, it's a Japanese film. It's it's odd to me that they didn't choose some very Okinawan or Azumi name. They chose this Roman name. So I don't know. I don't know what's up with that. I thought it was kind of weird, like the whole comedy. the whole bit, like the whole gods, statues, shrine bit. I was like, not, I just kind of felt weird, but I just thought maybe that was just like a culture difference or something. Maybe, I don't know. I didn't really, uh -huh. I was like, what is, what? I didn't really just, I don't know. I just kind of felt like it was, it wasn't necessary to the movie, you know? It didn't really add anything, I uh -huh. felt like. I mean, I, I feel like it does add something at the at the end, like when all of the kaiju come out to monster fight. But yeah, I was just like, I, I, I was just like, hmm, you know. But I just kind of took it as like, it's probably a cultural difference thing. Oh, okay. I'm looking up something here and it says that his name and appearance are based on Shisa. Shisa. Which are artistically embellished stone lion statues common in Okinawa. Okay, there they you go. Okinawan variation of the Chinese guardian lion. Shisa means stone lion. That makes way more sense. In the 1970s, general East Asian folklore were relatively unknown to Western audiences, which resulted in the translators interpreting the name Shisa to be a Japanization of the name Caesar. Mm. Toho has since trademarked it, making King Caesar the character's official English name. So this was not the Japanese guys naming him King Caesar. It was the translators assuming that Shisa was related to Caesar when it's not. I see. Okay, so that. Yeah, that makes, that makes the sense. The more you know. <laughs> I was like, I knew it sounded like Seesaw. <laughs> <laughs> I do think his appearance is grotesque and disturbing and unpleasant. He looks like a dog with mange. <laughs> yeah. Because he's furry, but it's not all over. Terrifying. He's got patches of fur. Like he's sick and some of his fur is falling out. Yeah. <sighs> for sure. I feel like also in the last movie, we had to wait so long for like Godzilla to really arrive and get in the movie. And I'm glad we got Godzilla pretty early in this movie. Following the appearance of a black cloud resembling a mountain, Godzilla emerges from Mount Fuji and begins a destructive rampage, despite having been tolerant of humans within the past years. This is one of those Philo things where the archaeologist lady and the other guy just happened to be on the airplane uh -huh. seeing the cloud outside the window because they knew about the prophecy they coincidentally are there to see this cloud out an airplane window <laughs> uh, godzilla's ally angiris confronts godzilla so he apparently made his way out of the fissure from the last movie uh -huh. only to be nearly killed and forced to retreat and the people that are seeing this are like why is their friends why is he attacking him yeah kazuki arrives shortly after to check on Mashihiko and Miyajima. Godzilla's rampage continues until another, and the real Godzilla emerges and battles it. During the fight with Angiris, we see he loses a little piece of his skin, and we see a gleam of metal underneath. Yeah, so I was so paying attention might realize. Yeah, I did. I, I didn't realize it, it for a while. Like when Angiris attacks, I was like, what the hell is this? Why? I, I My note is literally, why are they fighting? Because I didn't 
re- mm-hmm. like I didn't get it. And then someone says, yes, yeah, something is wrong. Like Angura shouldn't attack his friend Godzilla. And I was like, okay. Right. And then, yeah. And so it did take me a second. Like, I guess I wasn't paying that close of attention or I didn't expect Mecha Godzilla to come out in like a Godzilla skin suit. So I thought that was like, like a really like cool Terminator. twist. Yeah. Also, yeah, so- I the the grandfather character, he felt like such an anime character to me with like his yellow like robes and then like his his like long gray eyebrows and his long gray beard. He, I just love his character so much. I love the grandpa. <laughs> like the the way he like walks, he's like bent over. That's the the priest. Yeah, uh-huh. Leah. Uh, so we get the first kaiju battle. It's awkward. <laughs> During the fight, the first Godzilla is revealed to be an imposter called Mechagodzilla, a massive <laughs> robot armed with advanced weaponry made of the same strange metal, later revealed to be Space Titanium. Space Titanium. Also, Godzilla's blood is red in this is in this film. I was kind of yeah. surprised, but I do you feel like maybe it's because uh when we see it kind of like makes it more real to us. Like since our blood is red, like, Ooh, Godzilla's blood is red. I think it was, I think it was red in another one. It was. Yeah. in the last one, but, but not all it's, I know that in the Gamera movies, they tend to have green or purple or not Mm -hmm. blood. Yeah. But I can't remember if Godzilla's has always been red. But I know it has been before. I think it is. I think it has been. But I just wonder if that was a choice because of like, like how we like connect with him or if it just wasn't even a thought, you know? I don't know. Because when we see the silly like colors of blood, it kind of like makes you think, oh, yeah, it's a monster. You know, you kind of like have that disconnect. Whereas when you see something bleeding and it's like, you know, you kind of have that like, oh, like that connection of like. Yeah, I don't know. It's strange to think about. Yeah. Uh, Godzilla is severely wounded, but inflicts some damage on Mechagodzilla before both monsters retreat. Yeah, in the alien control room, they're like, his head's not working. (laughs) Recall him. (laughs) Miyajima hypothesizes, based on Mechagodzilla's advanced technology and composition, that the robot is an alien superweapon. Yeah, you think? Uh, (laughs) Oh, did we talk about uh, Chekhov's pipe? (laughs) Yes. Yeah, no, we didn't talk about it, but that's absolutely what it is. Yeah, during the during one of the little scenes with the the professor, the doctor, and and the other people, he says, "Oh, that's an interesting pipe you've got." And he's like, "Oh, yes, I made it myself. It's made out of two pieces of metal. It's got his initials written on the bottom in English letters." Mm-hmm. And he he describes how yes, if you take the the bowl off of the stem. It creates some kind of electrical field mm-hmm. for no apparent reason, just because I'm a science guy and I felt like doing that to my pipe. <laughs> but it's, of course, going to become important later on. Yes. Uh, only it kind of isn't. Yeah. Because by the time they figure out to use it, everything's kind of been done already. So, yeah, he has this weird gold and silver colored pipe that will do electromagnetic shit. <laughs> when you need it to. Kazuki and Seiko take the statue back to the temple, but are confronted by the thief once again. During the fight, the skin of half of the stranger's face melts away, revealing an ape-like visage. Yeah, I was like, what in the planet of the apes is this shit? (laughs) 
The intruder attempts to kill Kazuki, but a bullet from an unseen gunman kills him before Kazuki and Seiko catch a brief glimpse of the reporter. Concurrently, Godzilla arrives on Monster Island during a thunderstorm and is struck by lightning multiple times, reinvigorating itself. I, I was like, is uh, Godzilla performing King Lear? <laughs> out there raging against the storm? But he seemed to be purposely going into the thunderstorm to power himself up. Yeah, he's like Lieutenant Dan, like, you call this a storm? <laughs> Masahiko Miyajima and his daughter Ekuko explore the cave where the space titanium was first found, but are captured by ape-like aliens from the third planet of the black hole. <laughs> the plan to use Mechagodzilla to conquer Earth. That's not going to work out for them. Yeah. Don't any of these guys watch these movies? Don't they know this is not going to... Ask the Exlians, they'll tell you it won't work. Don't misuse science. The leader, Koronuma, forces Miyajima to repair the robot, while Seiko checks into a hotel and guards the statue. Kazuki leaves to meet Masahiko at the caves, only to encounter the reporter, who reveals his real name is Nambara, and that he is an Interpol agent who's been tracking the aliens. So we, we weren't sure at till this point if this shady reporter we knew we knew because we've seen these things that this reporter is not a reporter that he was up to something right but it turns out he's a good guy yeah i I liked that little twist there i was like oh okay yeah all right aviators yeah he's not an alien (laughs) i'm not not gonna lie though he's an interpol agent i i do kind of feel like there's a little bit too much people shit in this movie do you know what i mean like they're still using the space yeah. thing and like space people and that's great and the storyline is not bad or anything but it's just like I like a nice kaiju to people bullshit ratio even if it's space people mm-hmm. and I kind of feel like there's yeah. just a little too much people in this one if you know what I mean yeah no I can't disagree the people um when they we get a shot of the people walking in front of Mecha Godzilla I think this is my favorite kind of uh scale that we get of like how really big these like the kaiju are probably that we've ever seen so uh-huh. far up until this movie of like yeah. people to kaiju scale it was it was fantastic yeah, okay sorry that was my next note the, he's he's basically he's in the garage and they do a little <laughs> yeah. special effect for the people walking walking near his feet to give us an yeah. idea of how big he is yeah i love that after Nambura and Kazuki infiltrate the alien base and free the prisoners, Kazuki and Ikuko leave to pick up Seiko and the statue, while Miyajima, Nanbara, and Mashihiko stay behind, only to be recaptured by Koronuma. <laughs> that is a lot of names. The next morning, a lunar eclipse results in a red moon and a mirage of the sun rising in the west. I don't know how the fuck this mirage was supposed to work. Yeah. I've, I've never heard know. of anything. You don't question like the that. prophecy. And, <laughs> and were these happening at the same time, the lunar eclipse? I don't think this makes any sense astrologically. Nah. Uh, astrologically. Astronomically. <laughs> astronomically, it doesn't make any sense. Cosmologically. Um... <laughs> The lunar eclipse should be happening at night, not when the sun's coming up. That's a solar eclipse. And the a mirage is not going to make the sun look like it's rising from the opposite. If somebody hasn't set up a giant mirror 
Mirages can do a lot of weird shit, but I don't think they'll, they'll make it look like the sun's on the opposite side of the horizon. Anyway, seeing this, the team realizes they have to awaken King Caesar. They meet with the priestess and her grandfather and place the statue in the temple, revealing King Caesar's resting place. As Kura Nomura dispatches Mechagodzilla, the priestess sings to awaken King Caesar, and Godzilla appears shortly afterward. This song... I don't know. What did you think? Um, well, I didn't think it was bad. <laughs> I. It's not that I thought it was bad. I just didn't. Like the Mothra song to yeah. me kind of sounds like a indigenous chant to summon Mothra. Some of the Mothra songs. There's multiple Mothra songs. This, to me, sounded like a very modern 1970s love song to a kaiju. Not a traditional centuries-old incantation to awaken a god. Well. And I just found it all very weird. The lyrics just to me seem very much like a love, like a love song. Yeah. <laughs> I can't remember now what any of them were. I didn't make notes. I know. I wish I had wrote, wrote what they were down. But the note that I wrote down is she sings the song of the royal family, question mark, to charm him out like a goddamn snake. LMAO. <laughs> Come out, Seesaw. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like the music. But so she's like singing me. this song and she's like singing and it's like love, love, love. And then the music just abruptly stops and his eyes just glow red. And then boom, he jumps out of the mountain and everyone is just so happy. And I'm like, what? This thing is terrifying. He's just so, like you said, very mangy dog. He's just like hairy in weird places and just it's 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 terrifying. <laughs> yeah. So I think I see supposed to look like one of these stone lions. It's but supposed his ears are to kind of floppy. Yeah, his ears are very floppy like a dog. Like a German shepherd. Uh, his face doesn't Yeah, his face is a little more like a cat than a dog, so I guess that's kind of liony, but he's got hair on his head and his shoulders, but then most of his torso is bare. There's some hair on his butt. And he's got a tail with a big, huge lump of hair on the end of it. And he's just unpleasant looking. I don't, I don't care for him at all. E... Do not want a toy of King Caesar. <laughs> I do not want a toy. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, he's pretty scary. He's got scales too. Uh, uh, kaiju battle with pride laser beams. Yes. The, yeah, uh, one or both of them are shooting rainbow Both of beams. them. It wasn't clear to me if Mechagodzilla was shooting the beams and then Caesar was reflecting them back, or if they were both shooting them. And why do they have the exact same eye beams if that's what's happening? Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, they join forces to fight Mechagodzilla. When the robot tries to escape, Godzilla uses its stored electricity to create an electromagnetic field to attract Mechagodzilla. Because that's the thing he can do now. Because he's full of electricity, he can just kind of flex and grunt and make electromagnetism. And so Mechagodzilla's trying to fly away and he keeps getting pulled back (laughs) by the magnetism. (laughs) Oh, to be a cyborg. Cyborg problems. And then Godzilla tears his head off, causing it to explode. Which, okay, this moment is like so good because it's like oh it's so brutal it's like a clean brutal because it's a robot so it's not like bloody but it's so brutal but before this we had this like moment where mechagodzilla was like go go gadget exorcist head and like his head spun around like really really fast over and over and over and over again and kind of created this like electric fence force field type thing and so when godzilla like twists Uh his head to pull it off i'm kind of like yeah, but we just saw that his head goes 360. Like, it would have been way cooler if right. we hadn't, yes. if that moment hadn't happened. You know, I think like we shouldn't have seen, because then when he turns his head all the way around, it's like less dramatic and less like, because we already know it can do that. Like, he still rips it off. He rips his entire head off. So it's still cool, but it's just like, man, I wish they would have left out the Godzilla head turning 360 before if they were going to have Godzilla, like, break his neck and tear his head off. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yes, I agree. Absolutely. Yeah, he he turns his head around backwards at one point during the fight because Godzilla's on one side of him and Caesar's on the other. And so mm-hmm. he's trying to fight them both at the same time. And he can just look behind himself by turning his head all the way around. So, yeah, it doesn't it makes it clear that that's not going to break his neck by twisting his head like that. Yeah. He can just do that. But then he pulls up and it, comes, it pops off. <laughs> well, uh, while the mortified aliens are distracted, Nanbara and the others free themselves, kill their captors, and sabotage the base fleeing as it explodes. And here's the uh, pipe bullshit. Yes. So they're tied up, uh, Harata and the other guy. They're tied up, and the the Interpol guy is getting his hands untied while the aliens aren't paying attention. And uh, Akihiko Harata's got his pipe, and he's kind of like, "Hey, psst, hey, take this." And though he was not in the room when this was explained earlier, how this thing worked, <laughs> but he tells him to throw one end of it at each end of the computer. They got a big, you know, old fashioned computer console that takes up like five to ten feet with all the little lights and bleep bloops all over it and if he throws one end of the pipe at one end and one at the other end it's going to cause this electrical thing you talked about earlier and it's going to short the thing out mm. but they don't do this until the fight's already like over mm-hmm. they should that should have been the thing that turned the tide of the fight but i think godzilla's already pulled mecha godzilla's head off at this point yeah and it's weird because right after godzilla like pulls his head off he just leans in and whispers in his ear good night you little bitch and then it just blows up (laughs) he just blows up out of nowhere like he's just like kablam just blows up right but they do the thing with the pipe and it makes all the computers 
spark and and then causes the entire base to collapse. So we have our obligatory fall of the House of Usher moment here where the enemy base falls apart. <laughs> With the enemy defeated, Godzilla heads out to sea and King Caesar returns to its resting place while the humans... <laughs> rejoice this is so funny too because godzilla's yeah, like walking back cry. into the ocean and then yeah Shisan just like just goes back into the mountain with his glowy eyes and dirt just falls over him to cover him up yep yep he sits back down in his little cave and then so random on top of himself <sighs> very uh, well, random he appears in the next mill film but it says very brief stock footage mistake oh shit king caesar i mean <laughs> So King Caesar is technically in terror mecha of Mechagodzilla, but he, I guess he's not really supposed to be. Whoopsie. And then he will be in, in God, Godzilla Final Wars. Nice. Which we've, we've mentioned before has almost everybody in it because it was meant to be the final wars. Yeah, I think it's really strange that we kept uh, King Caesar, but we didn't keep Jet Jaguar for this, like... Yeah span of, of films also these fights were just disappointing compared to the last film i'm like uh they were a little slower the whole movie felt slower there was way too much people shit and also i i also made a note here of like i just thought it was strange that we never saw Ghidorah because she he was in the vision and she, not only did we <laughs> right. see the vision at the beginning of the movie but then they reiterate that when they have that moment where the scene of like blocks across the TV and she's having that vision it's showing us her of her having that vision again then we saw Angiris but that didn't really mean anything either so it was kind of like a bunch of weird random shit just like all kind of thrown together but yeah. Mechagodzilla was amazing just incredible i loved mechagodzilla very cool things like loved it but yeah it didn't feel didn't didn't enjoy the fights as much as the last one there was too much people shit in this one for me <sighs> so what are you gonna what are you gonna rate it honeybee i'm gonna say i'm still gonna say it's a four <laughs> okay I still liked it. I really, I really love Mechagodzilla. He like it was. I, I had really amped it up to. I was really anticipating this particular uh, film and episode, and I was really excited about it. So it, I, I loved it. But yeah, there was just some things that I thought I liked the last one better than I liked this one. Okay, but I, I liked Mechagodzilla a lot. Like so, I am gonna give it a four. What about you? Okay. Uh, well, I was going to give it a three, but I do really like just the design of Mechagodzilla. I just like the way he looks. Same. Yeah. And I don't have one, but I want one. <laughs> a friend of mine years ago used to build little uh, models of things like Mechagodzilla, similar stuff, little vinyl models. Mm. And I always wanted, I always wanted a Mechagodzilla. So, uh, yeah, I guess I'll give it four just for the appearance of Mechagodzilla. Of Mecha. Just how yeah. cool he looks. It's, yeah, it's a really good kaiju. It's really good. But it seems to me like there's more efficient ways of invading a planet than building a robot and covering him with fake kaiju skin. <laughs> Trying to make everybody think. It wasn't clear what part of the plan that was where they needed to trick us into thinking Godzilla had turned on his friends. Yeah. It didn't seem to actually be important. Right. It was just so they could have a reveal. 
it was the reveal for its own sake, not because it had anything to do with anything. Yeah, totally. Just so all the all the little kids watching would go, what? I definitely did. <laughs> and, his, and his like atomic breath is like yellow. I was like, what the fuck is going on here? And then it was like, oh, shit. Like you said, it was like Terminator. You know, it's like, oh, my gosh, he's yeah. wearing a Godzilla skin suit. <laughs> <laughs> So next week we will be looking at the giant spider invasion, but then the week after that we'll do the direct sequel to this, Terror of Mecha Godzilla. And then that will be the last of the Showa era Godzilla. Whoa! Movies. Hell yeah. So so far I've just been calling all of our episodes season one. I think when we start the Heisei era, I will call it season two. Cool. It doesn't really matter. Season two is going to start the week after season one. Hell yeah. But I just think we'll make that break there. We'll call this. So season one lasted like a year and a half. <laughs> <laughs> and season season two will pick up. Season two will probably be a little shorter because I don't think there's nearly as many kaiju movies in this period as there have been up until now. But we'll see. So we you can watch see. Terror of Mechagodzilla on HBO, and I think it is also free with ads on Tubi and Pluto and YouTube and all that stuff. And um, I recommend it. So Do I'm, you? I think I yeah. think Mechagodzilla is worth it. Yeah, absolutely. So join us here next week. Until then, I have been Precious D. And I have been Honey Bee. Remember to keep calm and seek shelter in basements. And please don't misuse science. We won't see you, but you will hear us next time on Monster Movie Funtime Go. You've been listening to Monster Movie Funtime Go. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and review us on your podcasting platform of choice. Our theme song is by the Texacano Folk Rock Punk featuring Lita Lopez. You can support the show, find links to our social media, and even leave us a voice message at anchor.fm slash mnftg. Funtime Go!